0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Books are Chic. I am so excited to have this author with me today. I have never chatted with her before, so I always love a first-time chat. And I just recently read her latest release, Sophie Goes Lonely Hearts Club. I am so happy to welcome Roselle Lim to Books are Chic. Hi, Roselle. Hi, Courtney. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) I am so happy you are here. This book was... It was like sparkly confetti with, like you mentioned before, a little Golden Girls vibe, which I love (laughs) in a rom-com, all interwoven into a perfectly nice little literary surprise. (laughs) I loved it. Thank you so much for reading. it. Oh, my gosh. So let's jump into this is your third
1: novel. Yes, it is. Um, The first one is about a chef that in San Francisco, Natalie Tan's Book of Luck and Fortune. The second one is about Vanessa, who is a clear, a reluctant clairvoyant who travels to Paris to try to get lessons from her aunt to get rid of her gift that she doesn't like. Mm -hmm. And Sophie is set in Toronto, my hometown. Now, there's my first question. You just
0: laid it out there. These three books and I know we'll get into the fourth, a little bit of spoilers for the fourth, but these three books, you have these like heroines of the story. So how did you fall upon having these titles like Sophie Goes, Natalie Tans, Vanessa Hughes like and whatever they were doing?
1: That I have to credit my editor and my agent because we Mm -hmm. were just like brainstorming, brainstorming, trying to figure out how like. um. I think with Natalie, though, that was, I'd have to go, that one was definitely my agent and I just brainstorming, trying mm-hmm. to figure it out. The second one, my editor jumped in and went, why don't we do it this, you know, what, why Why can't it be like a magical tea shop? <laughs> so it's like, once you have that formula, and obviously, when you look at the covers, you can see such a similarity with the three covers where they yeah. followed like a template where the first cover had landmarks of... San Francisco's Chinatown, the second cover has obviously the Eiffel Tower, and and, and the third has the CN Tower and Casa Loma from Toronto in it.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, I just noticed that. Okay, because yeah, they I mean, your covers are so fun. I of course, love the cover of this with the Mallard Ducks, the old ducks, which we'll get into when we talk about the book. But give us a little background of how you got here. Like, did were you always a writer, like always a reader? Did you go to school for writing? Like, what's sort of your writing
1: journey? I went about it in a long way, <laughs> instead of going directly. <laughs> As in, um, I've always enjoyed story and reading, but... I, I was born in the Philippines. So when I immigrated to Canada, I had to learn two new languages, English mm-hmm. and then French. And yes, even though like I've learned English a little bit in the Philippines, like I was okay, but wasn't completely fluent. And to this day, grammar still kind of drives me crazy. Mm-hmm. That's hard, learning so, two languages. And, you is. know, because I started I started in the Philippines. My family's Chinese Filipino, so I know Hokkien, which is a dialect of Chinese, and Tagalog, which is the Filipino language. And then I had to learn English and then French after that. But um it's learning a new language makes it really incredibly hard for you to figure out that you know you want to write because it's mm-hmm. it's like the fundamentals. And I've had te- I've had teachers tell me that I like my English wasn't good enough. Oh that yeah so they're like well if you want to do something just maybe not writing and eventually like I went to art school I thought that was what I wanted to do and then Mm -hmm. I decided to go to university to take history and humanities and then I'm like after that after I had my first kid I was like I think I'm gonna write like I was writing before just short fiction or novels I wrote like seven novels and they were all they're all hiding somewhere they were really bad It's one of those things where you got to write all of the bad stuff to get that out of your system before you come up with something decent. Yeah, that process. Yeah,
0: definitely. So you so you went to college for history and humanities. And then where did you go after college? Like what were? did you just jump into writing or did you do something before?
1: I decided to do art full time.
0: Oh, wow. What kind of art? Do we know this? Do we know this about you, Roselle? Your fans over here?
1: (laughs) Illustration. I do a little bit of embroidery as well now, but it's mostly Mm -hmm. like illustration and drawing. And that that was what I that's what I did. And then I did the writing. I thought I'm gonna try it again, but this time I'm gonna go about it in a different way. Instead of I found community is what I did, and that's how I got better. I Mm -hmm. found community. I joined a bunch of online Twitter contests called Pitch Wars. And I found great critique partners, basically people who are better than me and my weaknesses. That's the the best kind of critique partners that you can find if you're writing.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. Talk to me about what are pitch wars? That sounds
1: fun. It's um, DV Pit and pitch wars are, it's no longer, it's no longer, I think, active. But it was like a contest where a bunch of people online can meet each other, become contestants, and then agents would look through the showcase and, you know, send requests and such. So it was really exciting. And I still remember in one of them, I got zero requests. So that was quite humbling.
0: So you would put ideas out there and then they would like per-
1: they would request
0: you'd have a pitch. To like pursued your pitch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What was your Um, pitch
1: that got zero request? Do you remember? (laughs) It's the book before Natalie. Oh, Which is, I didn't, I I wrote, it was like literary. Because I was still switching genres. I started writing romance first. And then I jumped to literary. And then women's fiction. Yeah. After. And now I I want to jump into fantasy, which is like. I know,
0: which you'll have to, you'll tell us so after. But I mean, I think. That's just so interesting to me, like just like I never no one's ever said like they went on Twitter and did like I've never even heard of that. So I think that that's so cool that, you know, you sort of found your way and figured out what you needed to sort of jumpstart your writing career.
1: And you said, you know, that was community for you. It is because I live in a really small town, like Mm -hmm. I'm talking about a small town with 5000 people. So the odds of it having an in-person writing group is extremely low. Mm hmm. And the only way to find other writers is online. Do you have like a
0: weekly or monthly crew that you meet with and sort of like share pages
1: or whatever? Or? I don't, but I do have a texting coven. Oh, I which love is, you know, it. Ladies, ladies, your close friends that you text every day and kind of like talk to and stuff. Because it's I'm still two hours away from Toronto. So it's kind of far away for me. Like to be able to go there to do any in person stuff. So a lot of yeah. it for me, it's like just texting or messaging friends.
0: Yeah. Oh my, I like it. A texting coven. So once you sort of figured out, okay, I'm gonna person you did those books that are now living somewhere, and then you you get, you know, Natalie. And once you got that idea, how did you sort of jumpstart, okay? I'm gonna write this book.
1: It it they're all like they're all related but they're all standalones if that makes any sense because in the first book it's about a chef but then there was a clairvoyant in that book and the second book it's the clairvoyant's niece that's the star that's Vanessa and then in the and Mm -hmm. she becomes a matchmaker and then the third book is about a matchmaker so it's all related it's standalone it's like you can read the first one without having to know you know what I mean like right. it's, you yeah. don't have you can to read pick all up three. any of them and, and yep. you're fine yeah yeah
0: oh my gosh I okay so now I'll have to I have to go back and intertwine so did you so are you somebody who like outlines everything or do you just like start writing or do you have like a board of post-its
1: I need an outline. Otherwise, I get lost in the woods of revisions. <laughs> like, basically, you make a mess. It's for me. I need it, like, as a recipe, as a guide for it to turn out properly. Yeah. Um. I used to just sit down and go, okay, I'm just going to write. I don't care. I'm going to sit. I'm going to pants. I'm just going to type whatever the mood suits me. But it took me, like, a year or so to just kind of straighten out what the heck it is I'm <laughs> writing. Just yeah. to, like, fix it. Yeah. So you're a big outliner. My agent kind of helped me convert over into the plotting. Plot mentality. Yeah. Yes,
0: I know. I I just I can't imagine. I don't know because I'm not a writer and someday maybe I will be. But I just I don't know. I Either way, I think it feels daunting. Like I'm sure, you know, you just have to pick a lane and kind of stick in it or see just what works for you.
1: It is because for me, even though I have an outline, I still make sure that I allow for little moments of spontaneity and that if I, if this scene, I'm writing a scene and I go, oh, this 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 should lead to this instead. I'm flexible that way. I'm not, mm-hmm. it's, it's on there. It's got to be an outline. You got to stick to it. No, it's, there's, there's flexibility that allows for these magical moments to happen when you're writing. Yeah,
0: that's what I was going to say. And I'm sure those are like the moments of joy that you're like, oh, that was, you know, totally unexpected, but it works and we'll go with it. And who knows what will come off this, come off this idea. Now, how did you get the idea for Sophie?
1: My grandparents, because I love hanging around with them like when I was growing up we'd always I'd go with them to like the grocery store so we'd go pick out food and then we'd go back to their place and they play mahjong and it's just fun listening to them talk and you know play and it's they're just they're just wonderful like I guess I've been blessed with really awesome grandparents who just who loved to cook who was just entertaining and kind and told funny stories.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I know. I'm with you. Like we were just talking before and I was really close with my grandparents too. And it's just, when you look back, you know, on that relationship, you just see so many like pivotal things in your life of what your grandparents gave you or memories and moments, um, that are just so important and really are so much of who, you know, who you are, even though at the time, you know, especially when you're growing up, you're little, they're older. You're like, what, you know, they're my grandparents. Like, I don't really know what I'm getting from them. But then, you know, like we were talking before, my grandparents passed and I really reflected a lot on, you know, how important
1: they were. It is. And I think that the elderly is one of those like demographics that people don't really think about as much.
0: I know. It's sad. We had, um, a, when we moved um, to where I lived before here, we had a neighbor who was a widow and he lived with his son, but his son worked all the time. And so he really was home like all day by himself. And he had like a four season porch that he would sit in. And I remember I had just had my daughter and I went for like a stroll around the block and I had lived there for a while and I had seen him, but like, you know, you just don't know. And they, they just mind their business and do their thing. And we I ended up stopping. He came over to the carriage to look at her. And he was, you know, so cute. <laughs> he you just wanted to squeeze him. And from that, like developed this friendship up until we moved. And you know, my daughter would go over and when my yeah. you know, when and play in the four season porch, and it brought him so much joy. And it was you know, during COVID, unfortunately, he passed away. And I didn't real. I was like, so it was a oh, lot well, for me. You know,
1: what's weird? That's exactly what happened to our next door neighbor, where my daughter would go next door and she'd be like, yeah. Mr. Ray, And he always grew a beautiful garden. So she'll go in there and she'll be like, oh, what's this plant? And she'll look over and he's like, oh, the wire fence is to keep the bunnies away. And like she talked to him and stuff. And it's just it's one of those things where it's just like. It gives you a better appreciation of life and everything around you and of people. And yeah, Yeah.
0: like I like you said, I think the elderly don't the appreciation and just they have so much still to give and like, I'm guilty of it. You know, I was just like, Oh, he's minding his own business, but like he was so happy just to have five minutes to chat and you know, that whole thing. So I, I, that's, I love, so give us like the premise about Sophie goes lonely hearts club. So people know why we keep talking about the elderly.
1: (laughs) Sophie is a matchmaker who went to Shanghai to go to school and she came back and her mother basically outs her as not, graduating and being certified at a big event so her reputation's in shambles and the only way that she could save it that she thinks she could save it is if she can match seven old Chinese bachelors in her building in our condo building and what ensues is a story of found family and friendships and hilarity.
0: <laughs> it was all of those things and like I said I even shed a little tear because it was just so the reason for the ducks on the front of the cover for people seeing is, is they're called the old ducks, right? The old ducks. Yeah. yeah. At, which I loved. Um, and they all are so unique and you love them all for who they are. Um, but what was sort of aside from your grandparents, and I guess I'll ask about the relationship between, cause you had said her mom sort of wrote off this career, but one of the huge pieces in the book is the relationship between sophie and her mom the mom is like (laughs) you don't know whether you hate her you love her like the whole thing so how did you get that relationship going because like you said it's newfound family which while you're reading it you're thinking like but then it, it comes together so nicely so that was my first question is 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 mom
1: I wrote very healthy, supportive parents in the first two books with Vanessa and with Natalie. Mm I just wanted to, I just wanted to show a different side. This is all about showing different sides or featuring different angles of life and that you have elderly characters that are, you know, in the forefront of this book. And then also a very toxic parental relationship where you have a daughter, again, culturally, who's supposed to do everything for her parents. But what happens when your parents demand everything of you to the point of abuse, right?
0: Yeah, no, really, like it was so upsetting.
1: But yeah, I wanted to show, I I wanted to show that like the book to me is a balance of the joys of life and the sorrows of life, like the contrast of that.
0: Yeah. Well, you, that's what I'm saying is like, you definitely do justice to that because you have the old ducks who at the beginning, you know, it's like, are they just serving the purpose for her business so that she can jumpstart this career while she's, you know, trying to please her mom and her parents and, and sort of the dad sort of is just going along with the flow. I think he's so conflicted and, but then these ducks become so much more than just her clients and I think that that's where it got so like emotional because they were serving so many roles in Sophie's life um you know all the while her I mean the birthday party she was brutal Roselle (laughs) I was like this lady needs
1: a smack (laughs) It's the other thing too, is that if you look at Irene's life, there's a lot of generational trauma as well happening there because she doesn't, one of the things is that she doesn't know how, like this is the only thing that she knows how, because she was mistreated by her own mother. And if you're, if you're, if you've gone through that cycle, it's the only set of behaviors, you know, how to perpetuate. Like it takes a tremendous amount of effort and therapy to go the other way. And go against what you were programmed with right right yeah no totally I
0: mean it is it was painful to read but at the same time the old ducks just provided so much to to Sophie and then to the reader too as you're sort of like oh my gosh you know especially if you're reading and you're close to your mom or whatever you're thinking or you're a mom yourself how could you be like this but you're right when you're programmed a certain way sometimes it's just all you know um, who was your favorite out of the old ducks to write?
1: Probably Porcupine just because he's loosely, loosely inspired by my father-in-law who passed during COVID. Oh, yeah. And there's, there's, um, I'm not going to spoil it for your listeners, nope. but there is a thing. There's an event that happens. And a lot of readers are telling me it's why you have to put that. Why do you have to do that? Why? Why do you have to put it in? And I'm like, unfortunately, like this happens like it for me, it was a personal tragedy that I had to put it in there. That not everything is perfect, but it's also that they're older. Like, what do you expect, though? They are older. Mm hmm. Mm hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean I thought that too a little Roselle. I was like, why? Yeah. What but at the same time, you're right, like they are older. Yeah. Um, but I think even though they're older and those things do happen and that's just the natural way of life, I love that you sort of showcased this second act for them because you don't, you, you hear about those things, I think once in a while, but not enough. Like, I love when I'm scrolling through my phone and it'll be like a people story of two people that found each other at like 85 years old or whatever. And I'm like, oh my God, that's so nice. Like, you know, or like two fr- fr- like people that went to school to get elementary school together and we found love, you know, or whatever after their spouses passed on. And I just love that you brought like awareness, not only to the elderly population, but to how they can still, you know, give love and be loved. And, you know, it doesn't need to be like, well, I am you know, I'm 86 years old and that's it for me. You know, there's still years that they have. And.
1: It is, it's all about the human condition and that everybody deserves love. They just do.
0: They do. I know. I love that. And even if like, like Sophie gave them so much too. Like they, she was sort of this, like, you know, apple of their eye, giving them so much, giving them back so much joy, but also in return them, you know, them giving her so much joy, like we said, just due to the, the nature of her, of her family and stuff. I was going to ask you too, when you were talking about how this was inspired by your grandparents, I'm so fascinated by Mahjong. Like what is, do you play it's like Rummy. That's what it
1: is. It's just a version of Rummy. Is it hard to learn? No. It looks no. Okay, interesting. It's not hard if you know how to play Rummy, and that's a card yeah. game. Yeah, you'll be fine. You it's just a it. matter of knowing who the player. It's like there's a bit of a poker um, aspect to it in that do you know who you're playing with? Are they the types of people who are petty as hell who will hold <laughs> on to the thing that they think you need? They will hold on to it just so you don't win kind of situation? or are they like it's it's reading like you're reading your opponents that way too, which is like the fun part of it. Yeah. Yeah, fun. Did your grandparents play
0: like every afternoon or did they oh, play yeah. with Yeah, they and did, were they still in the Philippines or did they Oh no, they were in Canada.
1: Too? They were in Canada. Canada. Well, my maternal grandparents stayed in Canada. Mm -hmm. My paternal could not cut the winters here. It was just too cold for them. So they went back and they lived with my uncle and his family. But it was just, yeah, because it's just too, it's brutally cold.
0: Yeah, I'm sure. Do you guys get, are you, so you're two hours from Toronto. So I'm sure, is it like, do you get so much snow and stuff? Um, or is it just temperature
1: wise? I think of it as I live in like, this is unkind, but I'm going to say it anyway. It's somewhat of a hell hole in that it's really hot in the summer and it's really cold in the winter. And the only two times it's really beautiful is spring and fall. And they're too damn short.
0: <laughs> that is, t- I know. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine how cold it is, but I hear you. I mean, this summer was bad and it was so hot here. I'm sure it was so hot there too. Like we were on like a four week heat wave and you couldn't even go outside.
1: No, it's just it was a 30 degree it was 30 degrees today and that's 30 degrees Celsius. Today. Yeah. And then so hot. And,
0: it's so hot. Yeah, no, so hot. I mean it's still pretty hot here and I'm just in Massachusetts but Yeah, it's really. Oh, then
1: it's the same. It's the same as me, then, meaning that you have like a, it's this stupid muggy, muggy, humid (laughs) soup thing that you're walking through. Yep. Yep. I get it. You're, well, I, at one point, I was like, I'm not even going
0: outside. This is pointless. I can't even breathe. You're just freely sweating all the time. Just stay inside. Um, Okay. So tell us. And actually, I want to read before you give us a little sneak peek because you said you're going into the future with the next book. But I want to read because she's one of my absolute favorite authors and I loved her blurb on the front of your book. Um, She said, with a vivid setting, a lovable heroine and a supporting cast of unforgettable characters, Roselle Lim's new novel about magical matchmaking, Sparkles, by Emily Giffen. I mean, that's crazy. It's perfect. I, it's the perfect blurb. But like you have Emily Giffen blurbing your book. I mean, I'd be doing backflips and I don't even know how to do a backflip.
1: <laughs> oh, I totally screamed when I the
0: email came in. So it's amazing. And it, she that's exactly what it is. It's so perfect.
1: Um, OK, so tell us about what you're working on now. Um, book four, I which I will be getting edits for in a month, is basically a magical version of flat share and that you have two exes Americans that move to London for a job and they both get trapped in two separate places one gets trapped with ghosts and the other one with gods and they have to get out but they need to cooperate to escape and they're dealing with their baggage yes they're dealing with their baggage of why they broke up in the first place yeah Interesting. Now, what made you take this turn? I've always wanted to write more fantasy. I mean, my three books had very much like fabulism. So ordinary magic, I wanted to see, you know, go into it with more ghosts, with pure magic to see what that's like. It's just, I've always loved fantasy. Yeah. Was it fun to write it? Oh, it is. It's, it's pretty fun. Oh, I can't wait. And when will that come out? October of next year, October,
0: 2023, October, 2023. Oh, I can't wait for that. That'll be so fun. Okay. We are going to do your chic list, Roselle's chic list. Okay. Here we go. What three celebrities, authors, figures, living or dead, would you want to have a book club with? Audrey
1: Hepburn. Love it. Marilyn Monroe. Love it. And the other, the other one, I'm just going to go, I'm just going to go with dead people at this point. Great. <laughs> um, the, the other person that I kind of wanted to talk to is yeah. Janice Joplin. <gasps> That's a good crew. I think she's just fascinating.
0: Just her life. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. She would be She'd have a lot to say, as would yeah. Marilyn and Audrey. They'd be a good, good combo. OK,
1: I like that. Um, current binge series. The bear was amazing. Oh, my like God. If so you love amazing. food, if you love food, you have to finish the bear. It's just I'm so happy there's a season two and I can't wait. Same. I thought it was so,
0: so, so good. I couldn't I, I was sad it was over.
1: Um, Last favorite book and current read. Last book that I read that I loved was Firekeeper's Daughter by Angeline Bully. Okay. And that one is a fantastic indigenous thriller. Like okay. um, I guess thriller domestic suspense-ish. Mm-hmm. Ya young adult though. Okay. Um current read that I just I'm going through is called Gastro Obscura. And it I is would. about interesting food. I'm doing like research right now for the next book. So it's all about interesting food facts and what people do in different countries, like um, like how they serve cod tongues in Newfoundland and all of these other interesting, it is. It's really fascinating interesting. though. How all the stuff that they they talk about in there. It's kind of, it's a very interesting coffee book. Okay, cool. And that's
0: for the one after future future yes. flat chair okay cool um describe your writing space
1: clean tidy I try to keep it to, it was for one for one month it wasn't tidy because I was just I think it reflects my mental space so it's mm-hmm. clean tidy um white light woods um blush pink walls it's Love what it. I have right now Yes. You could see if you could see it in It's the, so I okay. mean it's so tidy
0: yeah. and then your beautiful covers just add like a pop of color. It look great.
1: Um name something chic. Small bags. Just oh, because yeah. I admire people who are able to hold small bags, I'm not talking about wristlets, I'm talking about just the small ones that you can keep to be minimum, because I am a packer, I will try to cram everything that I need, in case of earthquake, in case of fire, or whatever, everything in their umbrella, like everything in this one bag, I'd want to be able to live kind of in with a smaller, nice, minimalistic bag. I know, I don't understand that either. Because even though I
0: say like, Oh, I can just bring this. Yep. inevitably, I'm always like, oh my God, like I need more, I need more. I need more. But then I don't even use half the stuff I bring anyway. so it'll I'll never win that battle. Um, do you have a favorite book
1: that you gift? I've been giving the kiss quotient to people who need more spice in their life. <gasps> I like that. That's
0: good. A little spice. Um. If you could have one song as the theme song of your life, what would it be and why?
1: Mona Lisa by MXM Tune. Oh, I don't know that. It's you should listen to her. It's so if you love like it's a really bubbly, very bubbly pop, almost like reminds me of Carly Rae Jepsen. Yeah, if you like Carly, I think you should give her a listen. It's very effervescent and just so happy inducing. And what's her name? mx mxm tune so mxm and the name of the song is mona lisa mona lisa okay i'm gonna listen to it i love stuff like that
0: and why'd you pick it like what 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 is it like
1: it's just so happy you? it's just so happy it's, yeah sometimes i i have depression and anxiety so mm-hmm. i will take whatever scrap of happiness bubbly like take it in and hold on to it for dear life. Yeah. Good.
0: Music is really, music is, it's such a huge part of my life, but it does have so much meaning and can have like so much, you know, it can reflect through you and nostalgia and, and stuff like that. Um, your must have beauty item.
1: My Nara's, um, orgasm blush. Love it. A classic staple.
0: If you could name one lipstick after a book, what would you call it and what shade would it be?
1: It would be um, it would be a shade of red similar Mm -hmm. to Sophie's cover, like that kind of reddish. Yes. Almost bordering on pinkish, but it's like reddish pink. Yep. And the color would be Matchmaker.
0: (gasps) That's a good one. We need there's just some lipsticks that authors give that I'm like, I I need to I need to go into the lipstick business. We need to make these literary lipsticks happen. That's such a good one. Um, okay, and last best advice
1: you've ever received. Don't burn out. And this is for anybody in any industry. Like if you could feel it, if you feel that finding joy, that Mm -hmm. you're looking at your work and you're not getting any joy out of it or. Like there are so many easy signs to spot, and the best way to deal with that, honestly, if you have your significant other or your friends tell you, have them be. If you can't, if you can't detect it yourself, have them be basically the smoke alarm. Mm-hmm. That'll that that can detect whether you are burning out, literally. I love that. Yeah, it's so important too,
0: especially these days. I feel like you do need that network to sort of. Cause it's so hard. You get so stuck in it. So that's a good, that's good advice, Roselle. Okay. So we have, so Sophie's out now. People can grab that and they'll devour it. And next October, we can look forward to futuristic, which will be super fun. And where can people follow you on Instagram? Instagram and Twitter is the same at Roselle Writer at Roselle writer. Perfect. Well, this has been so much fun. And I just loved the book. And like you mentioned before, which it all fell into place. Say what you said before to me, if you loved. If you loved Golden Girls,
1: you'll like this book. because It's a male version of the Golden Girls.
0: It really is. And I didn't even now I feel like I need to reread it and like have that in the back of my mind because I didn't even think about that. I had read something about the Snow White piece and I sort of had that and I was like picturing them all following her around, um,
1: you know, waiting for her to matchmake them. And there is a Golden Girls reference in there because Mr. Wolf's cats are named Blanche, Rose and Dorothy. I didn't even pick <laughs> up on that. Roselle. Oh my God. And I told you, I'm like
0: a golden girl, super fancy. Now I have to go back. Although I don't, there's some parts I don't want to reread because <laughs> they made me sad, but I loved it. Everyone should read it. I think even it's like a perfect tree, but I think it would be a perfect read to like cozy up in the fall with, and it just has such a great message and, and it's, I just loved it. So thank you so much for coming on and chatting thank about you. it. Thank you so much for having me, Courtney. It was lovely to chat with you. Thank you so much. And thank you everybody for tuning in. We'll see you next week.